This is episode 5, day 5 of Chronological Bible Studies podcast. This is Rodney Harrier, your author and host. Today's title is called, Why Do the Innocent or Righteous Suffer? Welcome to One Year Daily Chronological Bible Studies. This is Day 5. Today's title is, Why Do the Innocent or Righteous Suffer? Today's Bible reading, Job 1-3. through The loss of a baby or other loved ones by an untimely death is devastating. Other difficult things to deal with are the loss of a business, land value or property, personal health, respect from your mate, and loss of friends. Imagine all of this happening within a week or even a month. Catastrophe! When this happens to an evil person, we might think, Good, he deserved it. God is paying him back for all the wrongs he committed. But when catastrophe strikes an innocent, good, and kind person, we shake our heads in wonder. Why did this happen? Where is God in all this? Today we begin the book of Job. The theme is, Why do the innocent or righteous suffer? Why are we studying Job now? Yesterday we were in the story of Abraham, and today we're in the book of Job? Isn't Job in the middle of our Bible? Why are we studying it now? That is an excellent question. Remember, we are studying the Bible chronologically, not according to the type of literature. Almost all Bibles put Job in the middle, next to the other poetical books, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon, because it is written in that style. Chronologically, however, Job lived at the time of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you have time, at the end we will look at some proofs of when Job lived. Job's character. In today's Bible study, we see that Job is a good man, a man who always does what is right. He fears God and shuns evil. People see his integrity in business and how fairly he treats his workers. He becomes very wealthy, but he shares it with his widows and becomes like a father to the orphans. He has a beautiful family and intercedes for them in daily prayer. Even God is impressed with Job's character, and so he increases his blessing upon him. Everything is going well with Job. Most of his neighbors love Job, but as we will see in future Bible readings, some are jealous and mock him. Their lives are not so good. They would like to bring Job down, and so would an evil spiritual being called Satan or the devil. He is once the highest of angels until he tried to become God and get his own following. God cast him and his evil angels out of heaven, but he still requires Satan to occasionally report back to him. The Devil's Devices The devil roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, 1 Peter 5.8. And Job's righteousness galls him. Satan's desire is to tempt Job to curse the Almighty by removing his hedge of protection. God allows Satan to test Job, and he seems confident that he will pass the test. Then the devil removes almost everything dear to Job, his family, business, and reputation. However, to Satan's confusion and embarrassment, Job still retains his integrity. What is Job's attitude toward all his losses? Job responds, The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Job 121. 
Wow, that is not a natural response. It takes a strong, trusting relationship with the Lord to respond like that. These chronological Bible studies encourage us to be consistently in God's Word so we might know Him better, depend on Him, and pray. As the Gospel artist Mark Bishop sings, If we need God on the bigger days, we need to pray on the little days. That inspirational song can be found on YouTube and is well worth watching. Frustrated with his first attempt to embarrass God, Satan tells God Job would curse him to his face if he were suffering physically. Again, God allows it, but doesn't explain his reasons. We get a clue at the end of Job's story. So the question is still, why do bad things happen to good people? Where is God? We cannot perceive the Lord at work, so we wonder if he is aware of our troubles. But the Lord does see and is concerned. Psalm 139. Later, we might understand what God is doing, but not now. God allows some of us to go through great trials, pain, and humiliation. I have suffered and seen others suffer like that, although not to Job's extent. Perhaps you have too. Job's wife, having suffered the loss of all her children, riches, and respect, and the failure of her husband's health, counsels him to curse God and die. Before we are too judgmental about Job's wife, would we be any different in the same circumstances? Job rebukes his wife, saying, You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. Job 2.10 Do we have a personal relationship with God? He can give us strength in our trials. The Holy Spirit can be our comforter and counselor. John 14, 16 through 17. Instead of responding by cursing or abandoning God, He can help us respond with faith and trust. What do we do when we see others suffer calamity and hardships? Job's friends come to comfort him and are so appalled at Job's appearance that they can't speak. For seven long days they keep their mouths shut and just sit with him. Job's friends have the right perspective at first. They have come to comfort him. Sometimes that is all a person needs. He just needs someone to listen, even to grievous or irrational speech. Job feels so bad he wants to die. He curses the day of his birth. He wishes he had been stillborn. People say many things when they are in great distress, and we just need to let them talk and sympathize with their feelings. But this is not what Job's friends do. Instead, they accuse him of somehow offending God. If Job was innocent, would God punish him? No. Are Job's friends right? We will discover the answers in our next lessons. Why do the righteous suffer? Although we may have some theological answers, we must admit that we don't know what God is thinking in particular situations. We should, therefore, reserve judgment and focus on being sympathetic to the one who is suffering. Here are some takeaway lessons from today's Bible study. First, Satan is a fallen spiritual being, our enemy who is like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Be careful of him. Second, bad things happen to good people, but we don't know why. We may never know until heaven. Third, we should reserve judgment as to why a person is suffering, and just be a comfort to them. Today's focus verses, Job one twenty one, The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. 
Romans 12:15. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Would you join me in prayer as a response? Father in heaven, you are holy and righteous in all your ways. And even if we don't understand what you are doing or why you are allowing bad things to happen, let our dependence be on you so others will be drawn into your kingdom. May your perfect will be done, even if we can't see what you are doing. May we trust in your wisdom and providence. Please meet our physical needs and our spiritual and emotional needs so we can praise your great name. Forgive us for cursing when we suffer and for not trusting you fully. Forgive us if we take our frustrations out on others, as Job's wife did. Help us to forgive as we have been forgiven and not tempted to blame you or shake our fist in your face when we suffer. Please strengthen and guide and comfort us with your spirit. May we live for your kingdom and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now if you want to stick with us for a few minutes, you'll have some internal evidence that Job lived near the time of Abraham. First, Job's wealth was reckoned in livestock, which was also true of the patriarchs. Job 1.3 says he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Job 1.3 and 42.12 Second, Job as a father served as a priest to his family. This was true in the patriarchal period, and that is why the Israelites call Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob our fathers. John 8, 52-56 No mention of the law of Moses or the priestly system is mentioned in the book of Job. Apparently it did not yet exist. Yet it is recorded that Job, the father and priest, did this for his adult children. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would send and have them purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, Perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. Job 1.5 The Bible calls us priests in 1 Peter 2.9. We may not be priests in the same way as Job, but is it our regular habit to pray for our children? Will we intercede when needed? Will we leave them a positive testimony of God's grace in our lives? Third, Several personal and place names in the book were associated with the patriarchal period. For instance, in Job 1.15 and 6.19, Sheba, a grandson of Abraham, and the Sabaeans from Sheba are mentioned. Genesis 25.3 Fourth, the age to which Job lived corresponded in proximity to the age of the patriarchs. Job 42.16 Fifth, Literary works, similar in some ways to the book of Job, were written in Egypt and Mesopotamia around the time of the patriarchs. A summary of some of these comparisons was derived from the Bible Knowledge Commentary of the Old Testament, edited by Walbert and Zook, copyright in 1985, page 717. There the reader will find a much more detailed comparison. Thank you for joining me. Tomorrow, we will be looking at what can we say to those who are suffering. Join us our next Bible study from Job to learn how to speak appropriate words to them. Have a good day. May the Lord bless you as you obey him.
Don't forget to subscribe to our podcasts so you can download and listen to them as soon as they're available.